So as you know, I like to interrupt the show every now and again to bring on somebody uh, articulate and intelligent and break things up a little bit. Uh, we couldn't find anybody this week. Uh, I was going to just uh, <laughs> interview a, a house plant, but he was in the White House. And so I brought on my son, Spencer Clavin, no relation, who actually is probably the most brilliant person I know. He is the host of the Young Heretics podcast. If you are not listening to the Young Heretics podcast, you are missing the Ivy League education you missed the first time. You could be getting it this time. But you're missing. He's also the associate editor of my single favorite review, the Claremont Review of Books. It is the one uh, review that I read from cover to cover every time it comes out. He's also on the American Mind, which is kind of the young person's uh, Claremont Review. And uh, we've never met, but I thought it would be. <laughs> well, th I want to thank you for respecting my preferred pronouns, which are no slash relation. <laughs> exactly. I, everybody's been very kind. You know, I, I request it now at any at any event that I go it's to. It's very important. And, and of course, you do. we do have a contract that I have to say that. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't come on the show otherwise. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> so one of, one of the reasons... I wanted to talk to you, a specific reason, because mm. the cancel culture thing has me uh, a little crazy, especially as the right keeps saying, oh, it's private business, they can do anything they want, not, not really understanding the situation. You have this, this podcast, The Young Heretics, and it's exploding, and you have a, a growing uh, Twitter following. But you, I mean, you are actually starting to out-strategize them and starting <laughs> to put together a strategy to keep yourself uncanceled. So you, you recently joined Dave Rubin's uh, site. So tell, tell me about that a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is, it's like all we can do to keep one step ahead of these <laughs> like cretins, these like dumb Twitter, whatever. Yeah. And you know, after uh, what happened on January 6th, the, the, there was this big crackdown. People started draining followers. And you know, I, I hate this thing that where you like yeah. you build up with sweat and tears, you build up this connection with people, you build this community, and then suddenly it's just like drained away from you because what? Because some like egghead thinks that you're not like a nice guy or something. Right, you know? right. This is literally what it is, you know. And so we started thinking about ways to um, get around this. And uh, Dave's platform, Dave Rubin's platform, uh, Locals, is what we ended up on. Because it's, uh, first of all, I know Dave. I yeah. know he's a great guy. Great and guy. I know he's committed to free speech. So you, you, you sort of have a certain uh, a promissory note there. You have a promise there that you're not going to get kicked off for something you say. And you're very much in control of the, of the content. Plus, one of the encouraging things about Young Heretics, which is a show about the, the West and the great principles of the West, which are now constantly under assault, right? Um, one of the really amazing things about it that's been so exciting is that people are responding in a very personal way to it. It's not just like, mm. oh, this is this fusty academic subject. It's like, okay, so here's Aristotle, some dude from 2,300 2, years ago, right? Um, and, and he actually has something to say about like how to be good at being you, right? Yeah, it's yeah. And now, and, and people are, are connecting with that. And I, Locals is a place where we basically just, you know, it's like under cover of darkness <laughs> in this, in this yeah. community. Uh, people can can talk to one another and actually like reestablish. But, but just what you were saying, this right. is uh, this is one of the reasons. A, the show is is great, but also knowing it's it's great for people to know the past a little bit, right? Because you know what, which part of what we're seeing is just human nature and has happened a million times before. Right. Which part is new and has to be dealt with in a new way? Right. And that's why I think so, we've, we've got so many people who are so ignorant in this country mm. that they think things have never happened before that have, and they think things have happened before that haven't. So you did a piece on Locals, that, which is a subscription, right. which I thought was great. And I talked about it a little bit on the backstage show. But I, you know, it, I, I hadn't thought of it, and it, it's just it's so amazingly accurate and hmm. so uh, it's such a precise comparison where well, you talked about the fact that the declaration of the catholic inquisition right. 
and the declaration of Twitter's terms of services service have so much in common. <laughs> I know. It's wild, right? Well, so you you, you remember the Inquisition. Right? Uh, I was We're there. there. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, escaped, uh, I escaped with my life. Was, yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah, if you look in some of those paintings, <laughs> you can see just in the corner a little bald head, like fleeing. <laughs> and there's sort of a cloud of dust behind you. Yeah, um, yeah no, this, this is what I've been thinking about, because obviously this stuff vexes me greatly. Right. Um, and I've been pondering over it and pondering over it. And um, it did occur to me, you know, that this stuff, uh, history never repeats, it always rhymes. Right. But there are these things that come back up again and again. And and I was, you know, thinking about when I did it on the show, an episode about John Milton, who was very pro, you know, freedom right. of expression. Um, you know, what what are we actually going through here? Like, what can we expect and what can we learn from, from the past? Um, and I was thinking about the Inquisition because Pope, you know, this is, this is what, 1515 now, uh, Pope Leo X puts out this, uh, you know, this message, this papal bull called, um, it's it, it called like among our concerns. So among, among the concerns that we have about the state of, of Europe are, um, the printing press exists, right? Around 1440, Gutenberg invents the printing press. This is complete revolution in communications technology. Right. Now, suddenly, you get things like newspapers. Like, whoa, imagine that, that you can just sort of distribute text to people and ideas to people. And this right. was very exciting. Um, and, and, and in this message that, that Leo puts out, he says, well, you know, we're, this is a great boon. This is wonderful that this technology exists. It enables Christian learning to be spread across. But also, some people are using it to say bad things. Some people, like, you know, are using it to, I don't know, post uh, 95 theses on the wall. Of the, I mean, you know, the, the Lutheran doctrine, right? The, yeah. the Reformation and Protestantism was one of the things he was very concerned about, about spreading. And so with what, I, what seems to me, you know, the sincerest goodwill in the world, he, he says, and so the obvious conclusion here is that we, Rome, have to decide what people can and can't say. I'm not here to knock on the Catholic Church. It's really one of the great institutions yeah. of the West, right? And one of the tragedies of the Inquisition is that it just, it really did a number on the credibility of the Catholic Church, you know, un yeah. in some ways unfairly. But I am here to compare that. If you go to Twitter's civic action page, right, uh, you will find Jack Dorsey or whoever is in charge of writing these little corporate statements on, like, why we have to kick all the conservatives out of the world, right? Um, you will hear them say, well, you know, one of the great things about our pla this new technology, isn't it so exciting that we can, e every year is an election year, it's a global platform, we can communicate to one another in real time, but some people are using this technology, right? This is the same reaction. This is the same response of people who hold power, right? That, that oh, like some people are using this new technology to say bad things. And so it's our job to decide what the bad things are and stop them, Twitter says, before they happen, right? And this was the, this is the classic thing that Milton was so upset about was that they weren't just going in and like, you know, canceling books that had already been published, um, but they were also just stopping people from publishing books really at all. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's, by the way, that's not the Catholic Church. That's the Puritans, right? So this is a, a, a general reaction to this sense that there's like a new availability. People cannot stand the idea that there's new ideas out there and some of them you might not like. But, right? the, but the interesting thing about that, what yeah. you just said, is that the Catholic Church in this situation was the old guard. Right. And what it did not get, right. and the reason it made this, what was a mistake, was it didn't get that the times they were changing and there was no defense against the printing press. They didn't understand that. So that means, though, that things that we think of as, as modern as, as it's possible to be, Twitter and Facebook, and these are things that happened moments ago, right. essentially, 
But you're saying in this comparison that they represent in some sense the old guard, that they're defending something old. That's right. I mean, they've now aligned themselves with all of these power structures in America that are built up around like TV, around just having this, you know, control over your image, right? Going on TV and doing these debates and, and having this kind of very packaged um, presentation of things that now obtains in Washington, right? This sort of sense of, of uh, polished. You've been talking to me about how like everything's a grift. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's this, my whole show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is part of it that like, you know, TV makes it possible to grift. Like right. you can that's kind right. of pretend. And, and just like the printing press, which was not just like this new technology, but just a whole new way of life and organizing things, right? Digital media just pulls the veil off of that. We see all mm. of these backstage, you know, like you suddenly see officials putting masks on backstage, walking on stage and taking masks off. You see the open hypocrisy of this because they can't control mm. what, what you can see. And all of these little movements that are rising up, what happened in Hong Kong in 2019, what happened in America in 2016, right? When, when these kind of like meme lords were helping Trump to get elected, right? Like this is, it, not all of it is good, not all of it is bad, but you can't control it. This is the thing, right? Leo did a a fair bit of damage. Universities started started printing lists of books you can't uh, you can't read. Um, Amazon is now doing the same thing essentially by just vanishing books off of its servers. Yeah. Like um, you know when when Harry became Sally is now just like not there. Um, this stuff, you know, this, these reactions, it's not like they can't do a lot of damage. It's just that the, the sea change that they're reacting to is so much bigger than them. And, yeah. and, and eventually, one way or another, you're going to get these renegade movements of people who are using this technology to go around in all these different ways. Well, that's, this is the thing that I think worries so many people. I mean, you're, obvi you're obviously right that you have John F. Kennedy banging everything that moves <laughs> in a skirt in the, in the White House. And right. we, never, you know, we never knew a, th a thing about it. Right. And then you, know, you have now, uh, all a guy has to do, a politician has to do is whistle at a girl and he, he, his career can be ended. Right. But when they found out that it was going to be that way, if the accusation was against a Democrat, it just vanished. Right. It just, they just suppressed it. So it, it worries me. It worries me that this technology... I mean, the, the church did a fair bit of damage, right, of uh, you know, keep yeah. suppressing this stuff. It worries me that this technology may be so big and so uh, unified in some way that, I, I mean, for instance, you were talking about Hong Kong. Hong Kong is now suppressed. Right. They, have, they have won. They have basically destroyed. Every objector has been arrested. Every protester is gone. The radio shows that attack them were off the air. They did it, and it happened like that, and it was over. Right. What's to keep that from happening here. Well, this is a great example of the kind of thing you can learn from studying history, right? Okay. You, like, you, yeah. you, you get these comparisons, and they're not quite exact, because the printing press was, was everywhere. And now we have these, this old guard that just holds so much control. It's as if, like, the Pope and a few other guys in the universities owned, like, all the printing presses, and there were only five. Right. And so, the, and, and so the, the comparison here is with servers, right? This is what the right hasn't been thinking about, and I'm excited to see that people are starting to think about it. So remember when Parler got like yeah. zapped? Yeah. Um, that was because they didn't have their own servers. And I, my friend uh, James Poulos at the American Mind, yeah, who right. thinks about this stuff all the time, he's, he's fond of saying, you know, the, the cloud is just somebody else's computer, right? All you're doing is you're downloading onto some other space. We don't have control of it. We keep making these new apps, right? And but then we saw with with parlor that if they don't like the app, they can just cancel the app. And this is the big fight for conservatives right now. It's like building our own infrastructure, finding mm, right, right, right. ways, right? You know, Urbit is a good example in the, you know, in the OS department, the operating system department. Um, and, and I think that conservatives need to get like really uh, proactive about just finding ways to kind of get around 
that centralization. So, so assuming we do this, yeah. and assuming that they that you're right, that they are the old guard, and of course it's always it's as old as Pharaoh that they are going to like take uh, you know collect the grain and distribute right. it as they will, and and then a generation later you're slave. You know that that's as old as the Bible. <laughs> you know, you know. So they they are they are, there only is one new idea in politics, which is that individuals should be free, you right, know, right. and they should have make their own choices and spend their own money. But that means that the right has got to have, one of, one of the things about the right is it has played defense almost all the time. And the mm. reason it plays defense is kind of built into the system that we're always trying to conserve what's there and it's always under attack. But what we were trying to conserve is pretty much gone. Mm. I mean, I think that the uh, Bill of Rights, when you have, when you have uh, you know, Amazon and Google and Twitter uh, shutting people down and David French, a champion, once a champion, right. writes saying, well, they're private entities, you know, they got, that's the way it goes. <laughs> you know, the, the, the old uh, thing that we were trying to conserve is gone. What does the new right look like? And this is one of the, mm. one of the th things that I have a problem with is being from the old, like, I, you know, from the old 1776 right, uh -huh. that, that too many young people don't, have not really formulated their ideas about this. So what are you seeing? Well, there's got to be at least a discussion going on. Yeah, there's something so dynamic going on, okay. and it gets obscured because of all the screaming and the screeching, <laughs> right? Like, these people are Nazis. They're, I mean, of course, like, you want to avoid like crazy conspiracy theories you want to like disavow nazism all of right. these things right um but so much of this is noise is, is is sort of like mainstream press noise um and there is something a really important debate going on i'm, I'm glad you i was going to mention that you're you're kind of back and forth with david french about well look like these are private entities right but that doesn't mean they have the power to strip us of our god-given rights right <laughs> like and and what i see when when i see a conversation like that is I see an idea that makes sense in a certain context that has been just turned into our only idea. This right, idea right, right, of yeah. private enterprise yeah. right, is now the only principle according to which we operate. Right. And you are actually being like a little bit more like the young right when you're, when you're pointing to ideas that are behind those ideas, right? Principles that are actually deeper than and always were meant to precede the American regime, right? Right. Right. right? We, we are endowed by our creator with certain inevitable rights. That's like, a, that's a kind of tacit agreement from, there's, there's just like questions that are already answered in that, which are, for example, that, you know, these rights are not the, the fruit of, of government. You don't like get them because government says so. Government protects them and, and it's, right. it's their job to protect you against new things like Amazon coming up. This is something we've never faced a threat like this before. When has it ever been the case that if the president, the sitting president of the United States wanted to get his message out to the American people in the most sort of immediate and current mode of communication, there existed one guy or like three guys that could be like, no. That's right. No. That's right. right. You know, when has that ever existed? When, yeah. Never. And so, so you're saying like that's a threat to something deeper than liberalism, right? And, and people like David French get very antsy because there's a lot of that energy on the young right right now. And a lot of it is just kind of like angry and at, and like rightly so, because yeah, yeah. we've been so, you know, suppressed. And the, 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 you know, this, this kind of dissident right is sometimes what you call it. You get a lot of like, you know, gym bros on Twitter and everything. Um, but what they're basically, you know, all saying is there are certain things that are non-negotiable, like right. that men aren't women. Right. Or like that we don't want our children to in public places be confronted with this like totally dehumanizing ideology of gender and that they're they can just, you know, mutilate their bodies, all this terrible stuff. These are kind of like very basic. They're even almost primal concerns that the new right has now. 
in, in that, they've basically just said like liberalism sucks. Like all of this individual liberalism. Even classical liberalism. Exactly. Yeah. Even like John Stuart Mill. Right, like, right. All, all of this, you know, um, individual liberty. That was, that was a terrible mistake. Uh -huh. <laughs> look where it got us. Right. right. Um, and, and my feeling is that there's, there's a really important, you know, the new right is now, the young right is now like having this conversation about how to take Trumpism forward, right? Like what, Trump did this thing. He basically was the voice of that, that right. cry, right? Like we, we, we will not allow these like final bedrock principles to be taken away. Um, now we have to decide how to do that in a, like a civilized and vi politically viable way. Um, and so I think there has to be some meeting where you inject that energy, that sort of new vitalism that is part of the, the young right into the American systems that we all know and love. It yeah. can be done. It's happening everywhere. This is the other thing about digital technology. It's happening like on Clubhouse. You know about Clubhouse? Yeah, I do. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like all of these sort of, you know, platforms that the New York Times is saying, well, unfettered. Unfettered, unfettered conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is like, what's the opposite of an unfettered conversation? <laughs> Taylor Lawrence of the New York Times. It's like, it's a conversation in fetters. Like that's an admission that you want Americans of course, of course. in fetters. Yeah. And so like, which is a chain, you know, like you want, you want them tied down. Anyway, I like, I digress a little bit, but only to say that like that conversation that I just described, like how do we recover these deep, old human well, let me Let me ask you this, because yeah, yeah. uh, before we run out of time, yeah, I've got to yeah. ask you this last question. I, I had Douglas Murray on the show, and I'm really fond of Douglas, and I really admire him, and uh, he's very, very bright guy. Right. And he, he has put forward this idea of Christian atheism, that in other words, because one of the things when I said we are endowed with, uh, by our creator with rights, a lot of people on Twitter, and there were a lot of them, said, yeah. oh, there's no creator, how can we, you know? Yeah. And I thought, well, then you're in a different country <laughs> than you thought you were in, right? Yeah. And, and Douglas says this Christian atheism, we should retain the values of Christianity, but I, I myself, I, Douglas Murray, cannot believe, you know. That, that seems to me like looking at footprints in the snow and saying nobody walked there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what is the answer to that? I mean, have we, do you agree? Well, you don't. I know you're a devout Christian. Right, so right. Do you agree, though, that, that Douglas has a point that it has become more difficult to believe uh, in some sense? Yeah. Well, you know, you and I both admire Douglas yeah. tremendously. Yeah. And, you know, my, I, I have taken this point up in print, right? Like the Tom Holland is another person yeah. who's, you know, this, this wonderful book, Dominion, about the history of Christianity yeah, kind of ends by gesturing toward this idea that maybe these, these values can survive even if we don't, if we can't believe in God anymore. Um, I don't think that works, right? Like I don't think that we can, we can move forward. But I do think that when somebody of Douglas Murray's intellectual caliber and honesty mm. is saying in the truest sincerity of his heart that these ideas don't look plausible to me. I can't bite the bullet on them. Um, that's a genuine crisis because without them, as you say, we can't survive. And, and we, can't, we can't browbeat people about that. Like there's, you're not going to get anywhere by saying, like, right, what right, the right. you know, um, what, instead, I think what we need to do is boldly and rightly make the case that the resistance to Christianity is outdated. That this, the idea that God that's, has that's been disproven, right? Yeah. That's an old idea. Science is actually, like, first of all, it was never, science never suggested that that was the case. It only bracketed God, right? Francis Bacon says, I'm going to leave certain things that are bounded by religion outside. And, and you know, Newton is a, some form right. of Christian and, and Kepler is a Christian. Yeah, right? they were all Christian. They do this in service to God. But then we forget, like, just like liberalism forgets that you have to answer the basic questions yeah. first, right? Right. Science and, and modernity forgets where they came from. Where they came from. And the, yeah. All right, we got to stop there. 
Spencer Clavin, my son, no relation, uh, is the host of The Young Heretics. You should be listening to The Young Heretics. You really should. And you should also be reading the Claremont Review of Books in the American Mind, where he's an associate editor. Claremont Review, just a great, great journal and the American Mind. A lot of uh, energy and in interesting new ideas coming up. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> it's like get a drink while you're in town. <laughs>